Shut your filthy gobs, you bloody chavs! So here's the bloody warning! Warning! This podcast contains vulgar language. So if you don't like listening to filthy words, then fuck off! Also, it contains heavy metal, magic spells, profane images, and pretentious wankers. Now that's a nice mix, ain't it? Well, fuck it all, lads. Here we go. Listener discretion is advised.
Hello and welcome to another edition of the Spirekin Manga Review. This is your host Zan. I know guys, I promised she'd be here this week, but unfortunately Mason is not able to show up again. She actually had some car trouble getting in. It kinda sucks. But don't worry, she sends her regards. She's really sorry. She will make it next week though. To our friend Fight Fate. If you wanted to do a recording with us, no problem at all. Now for those of you who don't know, we are the Spirekin Manga Review and our job is to provide information and reviews about manga. So we pretty much read manga on our spare time and then we'll review it for you guys, giving you information, tidbits, spoilers, how to hide them from your significant others, so on and so forth, so you don't have to read shit manga. Or anything else, I would like to say thank you to so many of the people who've sent Mason get well message, she really appreciates it. Now that the pleasantries are done, I'd like to wish a couple birthdays. First off, I'd like to wish a birthday to two personal friends of mine. The first one is my oldest friend Derek, uh, his birthday was the second. Here's a shout out. Happy birthday, Derek. Hope you had a really good one. The other one is to another friend of mine, Eric. You know, Derek, Eric, kind of funny. His is three days later. So, Eric, happy birthday. Well, there's Max. Max, who is on the 9th. Happy birthday. And then, for some reason, we have a Khan who has a birthday. Eh, well, Khan's always have a birthday, so. Happy birthday. So now, what else is new with the Spirekin Manga Review? Well, not much. We actually have a promo up. If you go to our MySpace account or our actual website, spirekin.podbean.com, check out our promo, which is on Promote Us. Just click there, or you can check it out right there. It says Promotion Version 1. We actually have seven promotions. However, we chose that one because it sounded the best. We might actually post some of the other ones if you guys want to hear it and tell us what you think. And yes, it is Mason on there. It's a miracle she was able to do it. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. Not going to do two reviews today, unlike last week, because Scully will get mad at me if I kind of fudge him again. But this week, we'll have some fun. On to the review. Now, for those of you who don't remember from last week, from our episode 13, I spun the Wheel of Manga! And it deduced that I would have to read this week, Bastard! Destructive God of Darkness. Very cool series. I had a lot of fun reading this one. I remember watching an anime about five years ago, and I was really interested in it. It's a very odd, but really trippy anime. Pretty cool. A little out there. However, that's getting off topic. So let me give you a little information about Bastard so we can tell you how cool it is. Now, of course, the title, like I said, is Bastard, Destructive God of Darkness. It's a sword and sorcery series. So the author who created Bastard is Kazushi Hagiwara, and it originally came out in 1988, and it's still coming out, but it has a very random release date. So unlike something like, say, Nagima or Karikana, which came out on a very set rate, this series is like one year it'll come out every three months, the next year it'll be only one volume will come out, the next year ten will come out. Very sporadic. But it's pretty cool. There are 25 volumes currently out. It's Shoujo Senen, and it's currently being released in the United States by Viz Media. And when I was reading this, I was like surprised that they would actually release this not under Viz Adult, but under Viz Media. And it was released originally by Shoichi. First off, the cover is very cool and very... It looks like a heavy metal hairband cover. It's very out there. You know, you got the nude girl on there and the guy with long flowing hair. It looks like, you know, just some great rocker. Like I said, this the cool thing is this manga was really influenced by heavy metal. Kazushi loves metal and this manga is the homage. Like, just him saying, I love you heavy metal, please marry me. And it just, everything is influenced on us. But you're probably wondering, what the hell is he saying? What is Zan saying today? Well, let me get into it. Alright, so the best way to open up anything is with the first line. So the first line in the manga goes like this. 
Several hundred years after the fall of human civilization, it was a lawless period, a time without order. Only blood, flesh, bone, and iron. It was a time of sorcery. Having been terrorized by demonic creatures their entire lives, human beings were miserably inadequate and forced to subsist in a barren, bastille environment. Yes, it's a post-apocalyptic series. I was like, what? A fantasy series that's post-apocalyptic? How does that work? Pretty much 700 years ago, there's a huge nuclear winter. Everything got destroyed, but computers and shit were kind of buried and still around, but not. And so, as you can guess, creatures came out. People still survived, but they ended up being futile. So, pretty much no law, no order, just pure anarchy, monsters roaming around. Sword and steel are back in style. Things are going all to hell. Like with most series like Vampire Hunter D and Thundar the Barbarian and all these others, out of technology. So the end result of all this is a feudal state, society where magic is ruling everything. And people are just existing day by day, trying to just survive. And what happens is there's a bunch of little kingdoms that are all together. And the main kingdom, the one we focus on the most, is called Metaricana, or it's spelled Metallicana. Yes, the city's based off of Metallica. But fortunately or unfortunately for us, Lars Ulrich is not in this city. That's the first of these little references to heavy metal that they have. There's spells, cities, characters, all based on heavy metal. As you go through, you'll see what I mean. So anyway, in Metallicana, 15 years ago, the Great War happened. The Great Evil Apocalypse Army appeared and tried to destroy them, led by the great and horrible bastard known as Dark Schneider. D. Schneider, nice little reference to UDO. Dark Schneider was the greatest wizard of all time, and he was the leader of the Riders of Havoc and wanted to pretty much rule the world for no reason. Throughout the series and flashbacks, many people asked him what his goal ultimately was to rule the world, and his response would always be, I want to kill all the ugly men after I take over the world so I can have all the beautiful women to myself. It's a kind of lofty goal. I like it. Take over the world, kill all the ugly men, have the women. Nothing else. No ruling the people, just blah. Surprisingly, he had a lot of followers. So, 15 years ago, after he attacked Metaricana, a huge battle ensued, and in the end, he was defeated and imprisoned. No one knows what happened to him after that. He supposedly regenerated or was resurrected. No one knows. Now, 15 years later, the Riders of Havoc are back, and they're causing all sorts of problems, and they're attacking Metaricana. Their ultimate goal is to destroy the four seals which imprison their great dark lord, Anslax. Yes, I know, Anthrax. But, so what they're going to do is attack Metaricana and destroy it. And they've sent one of their goons, who is known as Osborn, this really ugly guy. I'll call him goon number one, because really, these guys, they die so fast, you don't even need to know their names. So goon number one is attacking the city of Metaricana, and you're introduced to one of the main characters. Tia Notoyoko. Now, Tia Notoyoko, her name, which is a mixture of Tia Matt from the band Tia Matt and Yoko from Yoko Ono, you know, hinting that she messes with the lead singer, Dark Schneider being the lead singer of the band The Riders of Havoc. Meh, anyway, she is the headstrong 14 year old daughter of the head priest of Metaricana named Gio Noto Soto. She's a cleric in training and she's also a 80% virgin. They make a reference to this. She's 80% virgin. And she's also temperamental, strong-willed, typical anime female. You're surprised she hasn't pulled out a mallet. And she's the guardian of Luce Renren. Now, Luce Renren is this boy that her father kind of adopted 14 years ago. 
Now, despite being 14, he's someone who's a little bit of a scaredy cat. Well, he looks up to Yoko for everything. She's almost the big sister. She protects him. But he's an innocent. He's nice and sweet. He tries his best to do the right thing, but it's not all there. Like, for example, one of the running jokes is he constantly is cleaning Yoko's underwear, and then she bashes his head, saying, Why are you touching my underwear? <laughs> Hits him right in the head. You know, he's just a little boy, really, that's with his big sister, tagging along with her. Also, apparently, she's in love with him. So you get that kinky incest love that you... So anyway, goon number one is attacking the city, and all of the people are herded into the hidden area of the castle and all the high priests say oh no we're going to die what are we going to do what do we do as she hears the great priests panicking and flipping out and shitting their pants yoko remembers something that her father told her that there is a secret spell that will free a certain being from his divine imprisonment but this dangerous spell can only be used in a time of great peril and that she should only use it if the country is in grave danger and that he is not there and, well, as you can guess, and what she would have to do is pretty much touch the sacred vessel that is imprisoning this great being. And then, after reciting a spell, she would need to kiss it, because the kiss of a virgin girl is needed. Now, remember what I said, 80% virgin. Not good. So she's kind of embarrassed about it, but what will happen is that if she does this, then Dark Schneider will be released. Yep, you guessed it. Dark Schneider is sealed within the body of Luce. Fourteen years ago, after the Great War, after Dark Schneider was defeated, he was reborn, and then Gionote Soto sealed him into a small boy that they found. And then he raised him to make sure that when he grew up and he was resurrected, he wouldn't be a crazy homicidal maniac. Now, do you think that worked? I don't know. Well, anyway, Osborne, or as we're calling him, Goon number one decides to attack the city. He's going to cause all this problem, and they, there's nothing they can do. People are fleeing. They're afraid that the kingdom is lost. And then Princess Sheila, the daughter of the king, shows up and begs Tia to do this. And Tia's, no, no, I don't want to do it. No, I'm never going to do something so embarrassing. Goon number one pretty much finally broke through the meager barricade that they made, and he says, finally I found you all. And Princess Sheila, you will be the last to die. So we're going to assume that he's going to defile her in many different ways. So, as he's saying this, the ministers suddenly perk up and say, Wait, you promised you wouldn't kill us if we helped you get in here. Yep, the ministers were a bunch of turncoats and they should die a small and horrible death. But that's not what they're going to get. Osborne, goon number one, just looks at them, says, Get them! And suddenly two giants come in and smush the ministers. That's what they get. Hey, they betrayed Metarakana, they get smushed. So, debris is falling, everyone's screaming, and Tia dodges a bunch of debris and pushes Luce out of the way, protecting him, and she realizes what she has to do. She invokes the spell and gives her first kiss to Luce, and suddenly you hear a lot of wind, thunder, and you just hear maniacal laughter, and you hear, I'm free. Finally, the main character of the series has appeared, Dark Schneider. He's pretty much this very fair-haired, very long naked man who is the greatest wizard of all time and for some magical reason which they even point out in the manga clothes magically appears and puts them on pretty much dark schneider ds darsh he has a bunch of aliases but anyway he is this omnipotent indestructible wizard who just doesn't take shit from nobody and he really doesn't care like the first thing he says is 
I'm free, I'm free. And now first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go kill the head priest. All the bad guys just looking at him, going to attack him. He's like, blows him away without even worrying about it. He's that powerful. It's just like they're so insignificant to him. And he's he's really a first-class wizard. He's just, like I said, crazy. And the thing is that Tia's wondering, what happened to her friend? What happened to Lucia? And he says, we're the same person. You know, I'm the reborn Dark Schneider, but I'm also Lucia. What he loves, I love. And what he cares about, I care about. But he still is Dark Schneider. He thinks of bad things. And he doesn't care about what, you know, like people say, we released you, you have to do what we say. And he's like, I don't care. I'll save Tia's life because she, she protected me. But everyone, all the rest of you, I don't owe you anything. You can die. Who cares? And, of course, Tia knocks him on the back of the head. And she's pretty much doing typical anime girl super strength berating him. And he's actually listening, which is very odd because he's this evil, you know, he's an evil wizard. Yet he's listening to this girl who's very short and small and he just obliterates the bad guys you know they're like oh look how look at how powerful he is look at this look at that every spell i put at him just drugs it right off like they send this one cell ba vault and he just you think it obliterates him and he just he just shrugs off the damage he looks at his face you cut my face now you have to die a little cut like if you had a shaving cut that's he goes ballistic over that. It's like, uh, kill all the people. Oh, you cut my face, you die now. And his spell is venom. That's his signature spell, which everyone knows. It's uh, blazing fires that light the darkest hells. Become my sword and destroy my enemy. Venom. And of course, as we know, venom is based off of a heavy metal group. Yeah, this happens a lot. Half his spells, like one of the spells, is called Guns and Row. Another one's called Harrowing. Halloween, you know, so on and so forth. So anyway, the day is saved by Dark Schneider, and the king says, you know, thank you, Dark Schneider, for saving the city, and pretty much Dark Schneider's, you know, he does the typical kisses, you know, his hand, then he walks away and says, okay, I'm done. And he tells Tia, yeah, uh, I'm done now. Because of this new body and my magic, I'm going to take revenge on your father. And when he's dead, nothing will stand in my way. And then I'll revive my army and conquer the world. <laughs> She's wondering, you're going to kill my father. What are you going to do? You horrible man. You're not, you're not, Luce. Blah, blah, blah. And so he kisses her and you find out the other part of the ceiling. He gets sealed back and Luce appears. So now Metarakana has a way to control Dark Schneider. If Luce is kissed by Yoko or any other girl who's a virgin who has mystical abilities, Princess Sheila, which happens later, he turns into Dark Schneider, and vice versa. However, if Luce is asleep because now the seal is broken, Dark Schneider can take some control. Later on, someone tries to attack Yoko, and he wakes up. He's, you know, he's, Luce wakes up, and he's like, What's going on, Tia? And Tia's like, Go back to bed. He goes back to sleep, and immediately you hear, Let go of my woman. And you see it's Dark Schneider in control. So they kind of have a timeshare with the body. Anyway. So that's their way to control this dark evil wizard. Bum bum bum. And this is just the opening chapter of this series. It gets a lot better than that. Now that you know the prologue, the series really starts moving and you find out more about the Riders of Havoc have discovered that supposedly Dark Schneider's alive. So one by one they all attack him. Like, the first one to go after is Ninja Master Gara, who is the third or fourth general who joined the Riders of Havoc and is 
the ninja master in charge of all these ninjas for the army. He's pretty much this guy who tries to kill Dark Schneider when they were younger. When he tried to kill Dark Schneider, Dark Schneider just kicked his ass, but he was kind of intrigued by his ability. You know what? I'm going to make you my servant. And he gives him this sword called the Masamune, which literally just a demon sword that kicks ass. You know, typical wind powers and all this other stuff. And when he realizes that Dark Schneider's awakened, he goes, kidnaps Shoko to try to get her to tell him how to awaken Dark Schneider and takes him to his evil fortress. So Dark Schneider, who was released by Princess Sheila and a bunch of the Royal Guard, go to the tower to save Yoko and fight many things, including a Minotaur, a Beholder, and a recreation of Ifrit. That name is familiar. It was used a lot in Final Fantasy. He ends up beating him, winning him over. I'm not going to get too far into it because actually the story is really cool. And then from there, from after defeating Ifrit and getting a really cool flame sword, turns out that Dark Schneider can use flame abilities and also lightning abilities. He's not good with ice. And he's also, you found he's 400 years old. But that's sides the point. Ends up getting into a cool fight with Gara, and he kicks his ass. He ends up going after the other riders one by one in all the things he does. The nice thing, though, is while he goes decimating and destroying the riders of Havoc's army, he ends up getting a lot of extra notches on his belt. Well, more notches than he needs. Well, you see, like there's a scene where Gara's talking to Tia. He won't go after you. You know how many women he's had? And she's like, well, 12, 13? And he's like, you fool, he's been alive for 400 years. He's into the hundreds now. 400, 500, and you just see her mouth drop. Later on, when he's against Thunder Empress Arshis Nays, who is a half-drow, half-human, she used to be his lover, confidant, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, her two assistants both end up getting nailed by him. And they all fall madly in love with him. And when Tia appears again, they get mad. Who's she? Oh, she's going to be the mother of my children. No, I'm not. <laughs> so it's, you know, lots of violence, lots of very dark things into it. I mean, I really want to go more in depth and to tell you guys every little nuance of this, but you have to read this for yourself. Um, Now, remember, this is not for kids, unfortunately. This is an adult manga. I don't think it's wrapped in plastic, but uh, I hope your parents don't find it if you do have it. It's pretty raunchy at times, especially with a lot of the bare tits and ass, but it's also very violent. I mean, you got heads exploding and other things as well. My favorite character in the series definitely has to be Darsh, because he's such a bastard, <laughs> pardon the pun, but he is the guy who just, he doesn't care. He'll do it just because it feels good, or because he wants to do it, not because it makes sense, or he has to do it. Gar is pretty cool, especially with some of his armors and the sword, and the fact his arm gets blown off and he regrows it, but Darsh is just completely out there. He's the ultimate anti-hero. Now, another thing I like about the manga is its writing style. It constantly breaks the fourth wall, which I find hysterical. Like, there's scenes when they'll say, That isn't what you're supposed to do in a manga. Or, You're a main character. Act like one. It just, and there's one scene. Funniest line, I think, in the whole first three mangas. It starts off where there's this character, this evil vampire known as King Diamond. Yeah, they didn't, they just didn't even try to say, Okay, this isn't a rock band person. It's just King Diamond. Well, anyway, he's this evil, ugly 
you know, he's a vampire who's ugly and stupid and strong and powerful. And they're fighting. And he's getting his ass kicked by Darsh. Darsh isn't doing anything. He's just, you know, blocking, dodging. And everything's going wrong. And the one time he thinks he he kills Darsh, Darsh is behind him laughing with him. And then he's like, how could you do this? How are you able to defeat me? How are you able to... Well, pretty much this line just defines the series. It's almost like Galgagar where they say that courage and honor will conquer everything. It's that type of line. And this line defines Darsh perfectly. It is... When men fight, there is one indisputable law. The strong, handsome, and invincible main character always win. You stand no chance. Your ugly mug already spells death. Ends up defeating the evil vampire and making him his bitch. So, you know, he's breaking the fourth wall and all these little things are just making the manga really enjoyable. There's one other character that's really fun to follow around. And he's the captain of the guard. He's also Princess Sheila's uh, servant. His name is Bon Jovina, or Von Jovina. You can get Bon Jovina, Bon Jovi, John Bon Jovi. Yeah, he's the captain of the guard, and he's just this guy who's like, I, I will defeat you, no one can defeat me. And he gets his ass kicked constantly. He has a Kuno complex almost, like he'll just run, you know, he's getting smashed by a Hydra, pummeled by a Minotaur, flattened by three walls, blashed through two walls. And he's very loyal to the prince. He'll do anything for her. But for some reason, he survives. He just won't die. He won't go away. It sucks for anyone who's against him, but it's... What you get if you have a very tenacious and indestructible bastard who's really, really loyal. And that's an endearing statement about him. He's just indomitable. His spirit is indomitable. and He's just indestructible. I'm surprised he's not spouting poetry and saying, I cannot choose between the pigtailed girl and... The fair-haired Akane Tendo. I must have them both! Yeah. So, anyway. You guys are probably wondering what I'm going to give this review. Yeah, you're probably wondering. Don't worry, I'm going to give you the review for this manga. Right after this promo for Fight Bait Podcast. Yep, Fight Bait Anime Podcast. Check it out. I actually like it a lot. It's pretty cool. Now, on to the review. For those of you who don't know, we review from a... A five-point rating system, which we came up with, which isn't numerical, because most other podcasts, they say one is the lowest, five is the highest, so on and so forth, so we saw it to be a little different. So, lowest being, give it to a priest to purify it, then burn it. Or the highest is really, really, really fucking cool. If you do not buy this right now, your blood will dry out, your brain will freeze, and your soul will be forfeit to the great Zoma Gustar. Mwahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahahah
But then it gets kind of weird because it starts going into the fact that it's like he's supposedly Anslax is actually the angel Michael and that he's actually Lucifer and that or he's the son of Lucifer and he's going to bring about the apocalypse. And that's it just gets kind of the great story goes just kind of religious and convoluted and just gets weird and then just kind of drags. They're great. But then just once the first story arc ends, it just... I mean, it gets better, but it just kind of starts to drag and get into the whole... It's like Spawn was. Spawn, for those of you who don't know, Todd McFarlane's Spawn opened up really cool. You know, Al Simmons becomes Spawn. He has powers. He fights Violator. And that just goes in this whole thing of just the same crap over and over in a circle where you don't get any questions answered. You get more questions and you get one question answered. But you're still wondering about the main question, which you're never going to answer. And it goes in a circle round and round and round and round and round and round and round for like forever. That's what this is doing. It's just going in a circle for round. Definitely pick it up. Check it out. Get the first couple of volumes, and if you like heavy metal, if you love swords and sorcery, if you love drow, if you love minotaurs and beholders and fire demons and people's heads exploding and swords cutting people in half and lots of blood and gore and girls having sex with guys and vampires biting people's necks and werewolves who are really ugly, this is the manga for you. If you are under the age of 18... And your parents will crucify if you have something like this. Or if your parents are religious zealots, this is not the manga for you. Art is really nice. It's almost, like I said, it's a parody of a lot of the heavy metal styles. You know how some of the mangas have the in-between pages where it just has the title, like it says, uh, another one was Liar Game, and that just has a picture? This has Bastard, and it's written like Judas Priest albums. Like a lot of the covers look like heavy metal panels. It's just very metal. It is the essence of the metal. And I should play Tenacious D's The Metal right now just because it's so metal. You know, it has that type of grunge, you know, that I can't even describe it, but it is the essence of metal, which it is. So, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I had a lot of fun. I'm definitely giving it a four, you know. Ooh, so now I'm done with the review, and now what? Hmm, I know I have to do the Wheel of Manga, but first, news. Right now, there is nothing going on. I mean, nothing really new. Everyone is still saying Comic-Con is coming out, even though that happened a couple years, months ago. Years, months, who knows? I can't even remember. But nothing. No news. Um, For us, like I said, we have our promos. If you want to put us on your website, we would appreciate this definitely. And we'll shout you out. Now it's a part of the show where we talk about our different contests. Now... The one which ended this week, unfortunately, which not a lot of people participated, actually no one participated in, was our Ultimate Hentai Common Cosplay photo shoot, which was, if you just send us a picture of you dressed up as Ultimate Hentai Common, you'd win two boxes of Pocky and two manga from our grab bag. And surprisingly, no one entered it. Well, not surprisingly, it's kind of an embarrassing thing for us to ask, especially, you know, it's kind of sick thing, so... Don't worry, we'll, we'll have more contests with that since no one won it. Like I said, I got two more boxes of Pocky sitting here. And what we were going to give was Bastard number one and Hoi Hoi Chan volume one. Well, it's only volume, so. What about our next contest? Well, we have our name, our official computer contest, which actually ends next Sunday, which is October 19th. Now that, as you know, our original laptop we used to record the show on was known as the desktop. Now our new computer needs a name. Now, you send us a good name or what you think would be cool for us to name the official Spyrokin computer, and 
you know, we'll send you either some gummies, kiwi gummies maybe, or muscat gummies, we'll see, or some Pocky. And that contest ends, like I said, Sunday, October 19th. And now we have a continuous contest going on. Now, if you guys have noticed, every single opening before our opening music, we have a warning. Now, in our warning, we do different styles. In. Like this episode, which is my personal favorite and had the most fun with, was a heavy metal style. Now, if you guys give us some idea, we'll hit you up with a shout-out and we'll send you something good in our grab bag. Trust me, we got a lot of stuff in here. So, just send it, have fun, and it's ongoing. For any information or questions about the contest, at our website, sparken.podbean.com. If you look at the contest and giveaway section, that has all our stuff, including winners from past contests. Now, if you have any comments, concerns, or anything like that, just email us at sparken at gmail.com or my personal email zan.spirocan at gmail.com if you want to hit up Mason with a couple of just get wells or see how she's doing it's mason.spirocan at gmail.com also um, you can check out our website spirocan.podbean.com we're also on myspace myspace.com forward slash spirocan and we're on podcast pickle and itunes and if you don't know how to spell spirocan it's s-p-i-r-a-k-e-n and if you don't know that because you should know that because you're listening to us but anyway now for something completely different uh well now it's time for everyone's favorite part of the show the wheel of manga now for those of you who don't know here at the spark and monography what we do is we spin the wheel of manga we before each episode we assign 10 different titles to the wheel and when we spin it whatever it lands on scully will dictate to us and that is what we review for next week now since mason is not here she's we're still waiting on her to review city hunter she has all our notes and stuff she just hasn't been able to make it so hopefully next week and if not we'll have a fight bait do it maybe we'll see anyway so now on to the wheel of manga and we'll see what i get hopefully something good we'll see hold on I got number two. Now, number two is going to be, drumroll, Archlord. I don't know what that's about. Well, we'll find out. And maybe it'll be something good. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next week. Unfortunately, not with me today is Mason, and I'm Zan. Thanks for listening.